Hey, this is Jesse from American Arson. And this is Evan, and you are listening to the Kingdom Core Podcast. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Kingdom Core Podcast. I'm your host, Sean. And I'm Chris. There he is. Um, (laughs) How's it going, man? I'm pretty good. How are you? Good, man. Good. We uh, we just had a really fun interview. We did. We did. We interviewed. Who did we interview, Chris? Uh, the American Flame Boys. <laughs> the American. You not don't you don't want to call them that. <laughs> <laughs> you you um, do not want to call them that. Okay. <laughs> Is that something I don't know? Maybe Flame Boys means something different in Canadian. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what. Uh, okay, anyways, American arson. American <laughs> the, arson. The pretty legit rock duo on Face Down Records, mm-hmm. our favorite label, of course. Mm-hmm. Obviously, and yeah, it's a. Uh, it was a fun conversation about As a always. really great album. Yes. Um, if you guys are not familiar with American Arson, uh, make your make yourselves familiar with them. They are definitely one of the better um, rock bands in the whole Christian scene over the past, honestly, decade. Um, and they're not like your typical Christian rock, which is why I, I tend not to call them Christian rock, even though they're a rock band and they're Christian. They don't sound like every other Christian rock band. They have like more. They're punk. not a skillet or a red. Or yeah, they're not that hard rock, new yeah. metal stuff. Yeah, they're like. They've got like a punk edge to them, hardcore influenced as well. Yeah. Uh, very aggressive, gravelly rock. So, um, yeah, definitely check them out. And yet, st- most of the time, still super catchy. Like, oh, gosh. they like, Evan knows how to write a chorus. Yeah, definitely oh, yeah. R- like radio worthy, but better mm-hmm. than most radio rock. <laughs> definitely. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so they're on Face Down. They just dropped a new album. It's called Sand and Cinder, Tide and Timber. Say that five times fast. Um, Sand and Cinder, Tide and Timber. (laughs) See, you can't do it. (laughs) Chris is choking on his words over here. No, but um, really awesome conversation. I know we say that a lot. Um, I've been a big fan of these guys since 2020, since they dropped their, or no, actually since like, what was it 2018 2019 when they got signed yeah and they dropped the like two singles with the like 30 second interlude in the middle yeah of the yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and so rise and um, fall that was yeah. rise and fall that's it yeah. uh great single by the way um i even but, have a physical copy of that and it's like they made physical copies of that yeah it's it's oh, like wow. the it's literally one of those like little Chris cardboard just burned sleeves. the cd himself <laughs> <laughs> yeah no but um, they've they've been one of my favorites um, since I discovered them, and I knew um, as soon as they dropped their 2020 record, "A Line in the Sand," and we started this podcast in 2021. I couldn't wait for the day that uh, we that they would release new music so we can have them on the show. And um, and we talk about why there was a little bit of a delay in that. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Long, so um, yeah. really crazy story. We we talked about Evan's uh, favorite. Non deciduous trees, <laughs> or no, and favorite our favorite trees. 
uh, road trip gas station food. Yeah, lots of fun. Um, the interview got turned on us, which is always fun when that happens. Yeah. Um, but no, Jesse and Evan, uh, the two band members, they are fantastic people. We love them. They're brothers of uh, the Kingdom Core crew. We were just very grateful that they uh, came on and shared about the new record. Absolutely. And before we hop into that, we got our uh, podcast review to quickly read and also a shout out to our patron supporters. So actually, we'll do that first. We love you guys and we're so thankful for your support. Um, Yeah, so we got our core givers, Fabian Richter, Daniel Harding, Steve Michalowski, Anthony Kuchma, Frankie Blocker and Aaron Peter. You guys have been with all of you guys have been with us for so long. And our true fans, the Dead Pedal Coffee Company, as usual, and our newest true fan member, Robert Heck. Hey, watch uh, the language. <laughs> that is me watching the language. <laughs> um, no, but if you guys go and check out Robert Heck Music, he has some uh, stuff out on uh, streaming services. I dig it. It's kind of like a hard rock, electric kind of stuff. Definitely check it out. Yeah, maybe you'll be pleasantly surprised like I was. And we have our review from Hurricane. Spelt kind of weird. We'll have it up on the video version you can see here. Uh, This was left in March of this year. One of the best. Found both of these guys on Instagram first. Couldn't be more thankful for what they do. I love metal and have really been trying to find more Christian metal bands. So over the last year, these dudes have recommended so many new bands. No coincidence that I found them. And then a little cross emoji. Uh, The podcast is just icing on the cake. Great discussions. Interviews with the guys from some of the bands I love. All good stuff. Thank you for what you guys do. Well, thank Thank you, you. Hurricane. Chris, I think we've already read that one. Have we? I think we have. (laughs) Because I remember (laughs) I There's too many. We, I was skimming if through already, like, If we've already read that, well, then uh, we we appreciate that doubly. And also, if if we have, and I somehow doubled up on that, that means more of you guys need to go leave reviews. Exactly. <laughs> there we Apple go. Music mm-hmm. Podcasts or Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, leave a written review. Rate us five stars, and we'll we'll definitely give it a shot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely. All right. Let's hop into the interview. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's so funny. It'll just start with us laughing and Yeah. That's no always that's the best forever. intro every time. It is. And everyone's just like, I wonder what they were talking about. <laughs> you, you listener, we were talking They'll about you. Know. They'll never know. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here, guys. Uh, Absolutely. Been very thanks excited to have you guys on. I've been a huge fan of American Arts and since I discovered you guys back in what was it, twenty nineteen when you signed? Yeah, but um, yeah, when yeah. you guys, uh, when when Chris and I started this podcast a couple of years ago, I was like, man, I cannot wait for American Arson to release a new record so that we could have you guys on. So um, <laughs> yeah. really, Madam really Matt, great to have you guys. We made you guys wait ba- maybe two, a little too long. Years. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the new record, Sand and Cinder, Tide and Timber. I had to read it. Um, <laughs> that came out <laughs> last Friday. Um, what's the response been to it like so far? 
incredible. I think I like the fan base, like uh, like the whole Kingdom Core family, and like uh, the whole Face Down family. Like everybody that follows us on shows, socials has been like uh, giving us a great like great response. Everybody loving it. Um, you know, like everybody has their favorites. Like I think that's been. We didn't get like the, I would say the mainstream traction and like attention that we got with like Unbreakable when our mm. first album came out mm. and all that. Um, but even talking with Jason and for those who are listening or that he's the guy that that runs Face Down, like he like made it a huge reminder to me at least. I know I feel like Evan could kind of concur on this. Like it we've had a better response on the fan side of things this time around, but less like numbers wise. And it's been kind of a reality check for us and kind of, but in a good way, like, so it's, it's been more fulfilling. I I think honestly, um, which is great. Yeah. And it's only been out for a week now, right? Yeah. 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 So maybe, maybe there's still time for, (laughs) yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. sure. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, Oh, what a record. Thank you. Thank so you guys. Good. Do you guys have a favorite off of it? Yes, actually. Well, I was afraid you were going to ask. Yeah, two, <laughs> it's four, three. It's a favorite three. Honestly, like Same. the the Heat trilogy is just okay. that's uh, <laughs> it, it stuck with me. Like when I was listening to the album in full, I'm just like, ah, oh, these tracks. Like I listened to them so much when they first came out. Um, they're just. So incredibly catchy, and then the the message throughout those tracks is just spot on. Quick question: I'll bring it up now. This was I just sent Sean this note earlier. Uh, Heat three begins with something, and I want to know if the inspiration was actually that. It to me, it sounds very much like the Mandalorian like soundtrack. Was Are that an intentional the, thing? The synth, yeah, like. I know it's not a direct, but now I hadn't there made is... that connection, but that's pretty cool to now that you say that. Um it like as soon as I heard it, I'm like, dude, that sounds like the Mandalorian theme or whatever. It has that it yeah, it's tonally very that synth is is really similar. Yeah. Now, there, we, so there we had those a... Go ahead, Jesse. Go for, uh, I was gonna say there is a nod to another one of our mutuals, especially my favorite shows. Uh that's getting ready to launch a fifth season on there that no one's quite caught yet. So I'm, I'm waiting for it. Is that yeah, I don't think strange or things? To. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's wait, str- on, there's a- wait, which song? Is it in, in Goodbye? No, it's in Gaslight. Okay, somewhere else. Okay. Yeah, we'll have to Gaslight. Figure that Gaslight. So if somebody right, get to hunting, guys. not for all you to to go try and find. Yeah. If you send us, if you, uh, if you, if you mail us your guess... We will uh, we will mail you back um, a vinyl physical correspondence. <laughs> no, no, we we'll, we'll mail you back. Yeah. We'll mail you back small packets of candy that we've been accruing from Sweetwater uh, over the years. <laughs> every time, it, for people who don't know, every time you order a piece of music gear from Sweetwater, they send you a small packet of candy. And um, I've been saving them up for the last like thirteen years. And uh, so, if you get it right, I'm just gonna. I'm going to send in bulk all of the candy. Um, 13 year old, nothing like a 13 year old Laffy yeah, Taffy. Expired <laughs> banana Laffy Taffies. And it's aged rolls. Laffy Taffy. Yeah, aged. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mold, mold Tootsie Rolls. 
Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I'd say my fermented. Favorite. <laughs> Sorry. Just gotta keep going. No, you're all good. Um, to answer your question, Jesse, my three favorites. I'm gonna go in no particular order: Arrowheads, Adversity, and Blood. Those are my three yeah. favorites. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah. You picked out my two favorite. Two of my favorites. I would yeah. Say. Which ones? Arrowheads for sure. Blood. I know you guys posted that. You both that like, let's talk about yeah. that song just straight up. Um, what's the inspiration for that song? Take us through uh, the meaning of that track, how you guys, uh, like any inspiration behind like the actual musical writing of it, just any of that for, story. For Blood or Arrow? Oh, sorry, for Arrowheads. Arrowheads, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Evan, you can probably speak to that. Yeah. Um, so lyrically, it's... Um, you know, the first verse is sort of like a thesis statement, I think, for the song. The first verse and the pre-chorus is kind of like um, kind of laying down. I mean, it's almost it almost kind of like breaks that breaks that wall of saying I need an admonition song. Like it was just a, it was a song that for me I, I needed to write. It was really important to write. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think it came out on uh with the first, with the with our debut full length with the line in the sand, it came out right before the world shut down, COVID, and all of that stuff. And um, you know, there was uh, there was sort of like a uh, a feeling of of victory that I was experiencing in that time, just in a lot of areas in life, and had just gotten married, and um, you know, felt unbreakable. You know, that's a, a big part of the song, and and um, and then things come along that. <laughs> that you feel like challenged by and um it you wonder like was it was it was was that feeling of victory like naive uh and so it dealt with that a lot on low tide and that's why i mean it might have felt like a strange choice to some people for low tide and arrowheads to be back to back but it was really important for me um for those two to be back to back on the on the album because they're almost like a a story that's connected so if you go back to the beginning of low tide you kind of get like the the um the beginning of that it could have been a part one part two thing but we just kind of like we already did that so we're not gonna do it again. um just do a second yeah. trilogy in there <laughs> yeah so so low tide kind of picks up um where you know unbreakable leaves off and just kind of um some of those feelings of uh was you know was i was i naive and then um you know just the 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 way that that hit me the way that that um that time period hit me specifically uh, was it was difficult, and I know it was difficult for a lot of people, and a lot of people lost way more than I lost during it. So I don't want to like you know go into all the all the details, but um, yeah, for me it was really really important to have a victory song like come right after that. Um, and I mean we can go you know we could go line by line on the whole thing, but I I, I guess it's just yeah it's it's a it's part of the, it's a theme. Um, you know, just kind of a, it's like just, just this ebb and flow kind of unbreakable is an up and then low tides it down and then arrowheads is an up and, um, you know, and then adversity later in the record kind of ties those things together, those themes together. So, and I guess musically, um, just trying to, it was the last song, um, probably shouldn't even have been on the album cause I was working on what would have been the last song. Um, and then got the idea for Arrowheads, started working on that and, and went that direction instead. And just it's in a completely different tuning from the rest of the songs. Um, 
you know goes a different direction from the rest of the songs we kind of have the little like synth wave first verse going on um I, the first time that i sent the demo to the producer i think he was confused uh <laughs> he was like this is weird but then the more that we that we worked on it uh he started to kind of like see where i was coming from um and picked it up and and i'm i mean one of the things musically for, from with that song that was a really tough decision was to not go back to the chorus a third time because I think it's my favorite chorus that we've ever written. We didn't go back to it a third time because it was so important to me to have that big like declarative <laughs> spoken word slash scream part at the mm-hmm. end. We're mm-hmm. really kind of wrapping the, the thing up and, and laying laying down, um, you know, I guess sort of like my, my core belief of where I, I kind of ended up at the end of that. So... Um, so that was tough for me. I think feel like it probably broke some rules there, and maybe it could have been a you know more popular single if we went back to the chorus a third time. But um, I just remember trying to verbalize what I wanted for those electronic drums to Alec when we were on one of the drum days. I was like, no, like a like but you know what i'm trying to say like and then you just it, you want to make someone feel humble it's like try and verbalize drums <laughs> and into like like a communicative language and like you immediately just both sound like idiots like it levels the playing field with anyone in the industry so but no that yeah that it means a lot more to me personally, always from message wise. There's a couple of songs on this album, that being one of them, that when uh, Evan first sent me the demo ideas and sketches for him, even before like the lyrics had been in like the music we had fully fleshed out, like I immediately just got super emotional over. Um, it was a really dark time, like in my life when we were in, uh, struggling with a lot of things personally, when we were writing and making the album over the course of that year. And that was one of them, that and blood and Arrowhead specifically felt even before he, he even just said that. And it's funny to hear him. This is the first time we've sat down and kind of like in an interview setting, kind of analyze these where he's, he's like, you know, it was meant to be kind of this victory song. That's like ex- exactly what it, it felt like to me, even before, we had all the lyrics fleshed out and in front of us, like it, it felt like that even just musically, like going into that chorus and stuff like that. I think that was the first lyrics I heard from it. Um, and it was just super empowering. And I, I, <laughs> I, now that you say that we might just have to change it up live and go back to that chorus a third time. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's too good. Yeah. I, I really dig the, like, some of the experimental choices you guys did on this mm-hmm. with with a lot of that electronic stuff like throughout it's all it all sounds very different and it's um it's a slightly different direction from a line in the sand which i think it turned out really great i know some people get thrown off by that type of stuff in in rock or metal but i'm like like especially the intro to moonlight like it just sounded like so different, but it was. We so were cool. nervous I releasing the Heat trilogy first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People are going to be like, "What is this?" Yeah, yeah. But honestly, like I, I think it's, I think it's a cool, different thing. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's good, but it's different, and it's you know, it, it balances out that way to me. Thanks. Yeah, I think That's there was. I always had this fear, like. um growing up when i when i really realized that i wanted to do music and like that this was going to be something that was super important to me and something that i saw myself doing for my whole life i I had this like 
fear in the back of my head that it was never going to be able to pay the bills. Like music was never going to be able to be the number one thing. And, you know, that, that felt like that was going to be the way that, that, that was going to be a failure, right? If like music couldn't pay the bills, if music wasn't the number one thing that was going to be the failure. And now it's kind of funny because if, if music was the thing paying the bills, maybe a song like moonlight doesn't get on this record because yeah, I, I don't, yeah. I mean, I don't like, I want people to like this. Obviously I'm, I'm human. Like we're releasing these songs to people and we do like, I'm never going to be like, Oh, I don't care what people think. Like, obviously we care what people think about the record. We want people to love the record, but knowing that like, I don't have to like worry about whether I can pay my mortgage based on the success of this record. Um, Dude, if I if I like something, if I have an idea in my head that seems super cool to me, whether it feels like this is, you know, an American arson quote unquote track or whether this is like something that's in our wheelhouse or something that is done in this genre of music, I don't care. If I like it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Um, and if somebody doesn't like it, the stakes are not in- incredibly high. I'm not getting foreclosed on because somebody <laughs> doesn't like Moonlight. So yeah. I think it's funny. I wish I could have had that perspective when I was younger that like there's actually mm. a great freedom and it's a huge blessing, um, you know, to have a, a as as much as we would love to be able to do this a little bit more than we can do it. Um, it is a huge blessing to not have to worry about it, not have the pressure of that. Where I know some artists are always looking it. over their shoulder and and always always wondering like, oh, how is this going to be received? Like, how is how is this going to sell? Um, mm-hmm. And and for us, I think it gives us an avenue to be authentic because we don't have to rely on that. And um, I think it it lends to better art at least in 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 our case yeah and huge shout out exactly took the words out of my mouth but like huge shout out to to face down on that too like Mm -hmm. there's such a negative connotation in the industry in general about record labels especially ones that have had like a certain amount of success in any genre scene um and a lot so in like the punk or hardcore scenes and stuff like that and we used to to be honest like we having friends that are in bands way bigger than us that had awful experiences used to be one of those those bands like early on in our forming like we will never sign a label like we got to keep this 100 percent independent and like i cannot i probably say this in every interview we do and like whether or not we would we were signed to them still currently which i hope we are for the rest of our days like i would say the same thing like i cannot say enough good things about like jason and virginia and the entire face down team of of giving us that freedom too because we like this this album was a we joke about how long it took us to put out new music but we were probably working on this album for a year and a half there was a computer that crashed that lost the entire set of demos that we had originally written for this for this album uh and so we had to start from scratch and then like Evan was alluding to there, like, this isn't our full-time thing. We both have full-time careers. He's been married. I'm now getting married. Like we have, we have lives, we have families. And so like there, there was just so much going on that we would like write a song here, like go in and do a, a, a night session with our producer here. But then neither of us would have a day off for like three weeks. And yeah. so it took us a better part of a couple of years to write and record this record. And the entire time, like 
me like being the warrior that I am or just wanting wanting to have everything pulled together, I would like text Jason like, I'm so sorry, man. Like, I'm so sorry. I pro- like, I'll have something to you. And like, they are so kind and understanding and even creatively like, like, dude, I hope you like this. Like, here's the first demo. Like, you know, it's different. And he was like, man, don't even explain this to me. Like, this is so rad. Like, it's going to be different. Like, people are love- going to love it. Like, you know, it's- it'll be great for us to put something like this out. Like, they are so like they they strive for excellence and they push us to be the best in different areas but it was so freeing on a personal level to have you know evan like as a bandmate want to kind of loosen the chains and say you know what let's just write music that we like like let's let's make music that we like stylistically but also have a label that's constantly reassuring us of like hey you guys do your thing we trust you send us the record and it's people are gonna love it yeah and i I think as a fan from both sean and i i feel like could agree on this is that face down Mm -hmm. like part of why we're such big fans is because it seems like they have that a that family aspect and like they really seem to back all the artists they sign but then when it comes to the rock artists like I don't know what it is, but it's like every single rock album that comes out on Face Down is like ten out of ten amazing. Like it's like (laughs) it's true. It's so funny. Like every single rock album Mm -hmm. is great, and um, I think people sleep on that. They think Face Down is the oh yeah metalcore, hardcore. You know, there's the few like super extreme metal stuff, but it's always the rock stuff that just just incredible so mm-hmm. you guys are you not i feel like you have two albums in that elite yep. category now oh, so. thanks man 100 <laughs> yeah, and um best at taking compliments so <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I wanted to, I, I'm so glad you brought that up, Jesse, about the laptop crashing, because I heard about that. I remember Evan, when that happened, I remember you like had posted about it, trying to like figure out how to get into the laptop and all of that. Right. And, yeah, I do um, remember that. I like, I've never heard of this happening to a band while like, <laughs> like post recording some songs. So I guess my first question is like, what exactly happened? And then number two, like, did you guys like, did you guys remember what you had written? Were you guys able to replicate again? Or did you literally start from ground zero again? Like with no memory of like how to rewrite those songs, like how much of it was finished, I guess, when you lost it. Well, yeah. I mean, part of it was just stupidity because like, why do I not have this backed up? Like I'm sitting here at my desk right now with two like giant external drives sitting right there. (laughs) Like, and I, and you know, nowadays it's like a weekly thing. I just, you know, push everything from my, from my laptop desktop over to the, uh, over to the external drives. But yeah, it was as simple as that. I didn't have it backed up. Mm -hmm. Um, only one of the demos, only one of the songs, um, had already been mixed down and like sent to Jesse. So our, our writing process is kind of like we, you know, as a two person band, it's, it's not really time efficient to like get in a room and just like sit there and jam. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. So we put together um, skeleton demos that are probably a little bit more fleshed out than, you know, it's, it's not just like a guitar line kind of try to go through the whole thing. And, um, and then, you know, I usually get Jesse some a version that doesn't have drums so he can start working on the drums. And um, 
And we had one that was completely mixed down, which was Adversity, which Adversity was the first song that was written for this album. Okay. And that was completely mixed down. So that song is is the way that you hear it now is basically the way that it was always intended to be and the way that it was done originally. Um, okay. All of the other songs, which we didn't have all of the songs demoed. It was a little over half. But all of the other songs, the demos were, were on my computer but hadn't been mixed down yet because there were still things that we were tweaking. And um, I, I don't even still know what happened. I My computer did an automatic update and when it came back on it said that it was bitlocker encrypted and i needed to put this um i needed to put in my recovery code that i didn't have because i had never had bitlocker encryption set up i took it to multiple different like forensic computer people and they nobody could understand how this was even possible everybody was so certain that i must have at some point set up bitlocker encryption which i had absolutely never done um Mm. i you know talked to all sorts of people. I, I end up paying probably like five, six, seven hundred dollars or something like that when it was all said and done. Four hundred to one guy, and then so, some other people trying to get this thing figured out um, and uh, to get both this back. And then um, I had about seventy-five thousand words of a novel done um, oh. that I also didn't have saved. So, like, it's. I mean, I don't know what I was thinking. I, I, I had gotten into this habit where I was like. Every single week, I was it was just like part of my weekly routine to put stuff on these external drives. And I just don't know. I fell out of the habit. And when you fall out of a habit, you just sometimes never go back to it. And I don't know how I messed that up. But um, but yes, we lost all of it. So I guess the, the answer to the second question is I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I know that like the chorus for some of the songs is the same. Um, I actually have no idea how close some of the songs came out to what they were oh, wow. because I tried to remember them the best that I could. And right. um, so if they were, maybe they were supposed to be better. Maybe they were supposed to be worse. I have no idea. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, I, th- I feel like, you know, somewhere along the process, Jason was like, you know, it's going to come out when it comes out and it's going to like be the record that it was supposed to be. And, mm. um, you know, so it took, I think it was less ab- about what we lost and more about like, taking that on the chin and like being able to restart. Cause it took me a while before it was a gut restart. Yeah. There was probably like a grieving process, right? Dude. Oh like, yeah, it, for sure. And, and then, where do you know, we go from here? Kind of a thing. Yeah. Throwing, throwing money at, at that too. That's like felt very stupid. And dude, yeah. I, 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 I just, yeah, it, it just, you just feel stupid. Right. It's like one of those things, like, how could this happen to me? Like, this is like all of my, all of this creative work. Like, why would I not do something so simple as to save it to this thing that is literally that I can reach out and touch right now, like is so easy to do. So yeah, you, there's part of that too. Like, you don't really want to tell people you feel dumb about it and you're just like, you know, um, but I mean, it's, it's part of the story of the album. And I believe the album came out when it was supposed to come out and Amen. sounds how it's supposed to sound and mm-hmm. you know and now i now i back everything up about once a week so <laughs> perhaps because of that though like we ended up from where we started first started planning like some things came out of it that probably wouldn't have happened like you said some of these prompt songs wouldn't exist definitely wouldn't exist how they exist now mm-hmm. um you know some of them like you said it might be shells of ideas like melodies or choruses that you know hear or drum parts that i remembered or something like that um from before but like they definitely wouldn't exist how they exist now but we also had things like producer changes or who we wanted to do the album with and and stuff like that happen along the way and also like the amount of time we were going to spend in studio so like after that is where we really started to run into i think 
trying to remember because it has been so long ago like we we fell into that kind of bit part recording schedule of like do a song here do a song there do a vocal day here drum day here yeah that was never the plan until this whole thing happened we were going to try to knock the whole thing out in two weeks the way we've always yeah the traditional you know go into a studio and don't come out until the record's done like kind of a thing and it was stressful to do it the way we did um in many ways like scheduling again like just around our day-to-day lives and it was stressful in the sense of like we had again luckily to have a label and friends and people around us encouraging us but like to feel the weight of how long it was taking but in some ways i think too like we got to spend a lot more time with with each individual song because of it like we would go like the span of a like a few weeks and it would be like all right now we can move on to this song uh, all right now we we finish the the vocals and and guitars and stuff for this song now we can move on to this one and even like with recording drums like we spent you know multiple days like there was one one day i spent almost on one singular song um and we were able to do that because at this point we were so far along in the process yeah. that it, it wasn't that crazy for us to be like, you know what, screw it. We're going to sit here until we get this right and exactly how we want it. And we're not going to settle for less. We didn't have to rush because we had booked a single week out of a studio or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it, there's probably things I wouldn't have tried. I'm sure Evan could say the same that he wouldn't have tried or written or come up with if we did not have all that time to sit with these songs either too so you know all in all i oh, think for sure we, yeah for we sure. put some out the, the lyrics, best album we could yeah some of the lyrics wouldn't have existed if the album came out a year and a half before it did because mm. they were from experiences that came after that i think of like five of the songs right off the top of my head <laughs> oh wow. wow so you know i'm not not really worried about it don't really think about it anymore other than mm-hmm. i mean i do think about the 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 book um and you know how I'm going to respond to that. Whether I'm going to do that again, it was meant to be. It was meant to be something that was going to go in in con, in conjunction with our music. Um, so my gut feeling is that I will eventually get back to it, but um, it's probably going to take a while. Yeah, wow. absolutely. That's crazy. It's crazy how God works like that. Where like a lot of the a lot of the experiences that you went through that fueled like the meaning and the lyrics behind like five of the half of the album, like you said, wouldn't yeah. have happened if you didn't, uh, if this all didn't happen. And now those songs will probably help minister to people who are going through similar uh, circumstances that way. So really crazy yeah, how that that's... like sovereignty works out. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Things get woven together that you could have never imagined and, um, you know, work together for, for the good. And you just have to trust that, um, you know, there's a lesson to be learned and there is a reason. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's a, now it's just a footnote and, you know, we move on. So I, I wanted to, I know we talk, we, I mean, we've been talking about the album and individual songs, but I'd love to know like Sand and Cinder, Tide and Timber, Evan, you've always, um, you've always really related a lot of your lyrics to like nature and scenery Mm -hmm. and stuff. And then you wrote an entire album, uh, based off of that um is, is that just something is are you like a are you a big nature person is there a um is there like a connection to the earth that you have that really like inspires a lot of your writing like what's the overall concept of the yeah writing? i i just 
so I, it wasn't intentional. The the name came kind of late in the process, but okay. as we were writing it, I just kind of uh, I noticed like lyrically, it just kept coming back to a lot of these like nature themes and mm-hmm. um and yeah, we're I mean, big they, nature people in general. Yeah, yeah they, we do a lot of they, they call me the they call me the nature boy. You know, <laughs> camping, <laughs> guy. camping guy, camping guy is one of my alter egos. He comes out sometimes. He um, carries a hatchet with him at all guy? times. Ca- yeah, ha- camping guy <laughs> carries a hatchet with him all times. Um, only eats um, meats that were cooked on a stick over an open fire, and uh, has an excellent, excellent radar for when bears are in close proximity and can actually call to them. So that's uh, <laughs> you ever been to Mount Baker before. Um, camping, camp, no, that's camping. That was, yeah, that was named for camping guy. So yes, of course he discovered it, but, but no, I mean, seriously. Yeah. My wife and I like absolutely love hiking. We moved out of our little neighborhood where we were to, to try to get into, uh, as, as close to the woods in the woods as we could afford. And, um, yeah, love being outdoors and, um, yeah so i mean i for me that's like being in creation is is so extremely inspiring and um i just as we were going along and i just kept realizing like that i had kept bringing up these themes and these images and all of this stuff and um it just seemed it just seemed like i don't know i i guess an album to me is more than just a collection of songs right it's supposed to Mm -hmm. be like they're supposed to be like a through line uh, whether it's lyrically, uh, I think all my favorite albums growing up, they were, they had, um, they had a connection, they had a feeling to right. them where you, f- when you were listening to a song, you felt like you were listening to a collection of songs. It was meant to be listened to in this order, you know, um, uh, this, this feeling um, captured by all of them and maybe even like released at certain times of year. Like I have just in my head, these albums that I grew up listening to, like this is a summer album, this is a winter album, this is oh, a yeah. night drive album, and things like that. Yeah, this and is a fall album. Yeah, this is definitely this is, a fall album, <laughs> which is crazy. Which is crazy because it should have never come out in the fall. And like, then there's all, all, all of the way that these things Christmas collection, out. which just gets listened to all year round. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. It's the only Christmas so, record that can do that. <laughs> It it is funny though that it did end up coming out in the fall because that was never the plan and like it 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 it's so clearly uh, a fall album. And I know there's some people who are probably sitting there like, "What is this guy on about? Like, what in the but world?" Please is he talking look, to look at the here, cover right? image. Like, That's all you need. I it's know. fall. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's fall. It's, yeah. yeah. So so yeah. Fall I mean, in the Midwest. Now you yeah. can fully yep. appreciate it, Sean. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> I did literally yeah, yeah, listen Cali to boy. it for the first time in the car driving through like all the fall trees. So it was a pretty <laughs> cathartic experience. <laughs> awesome. That's oh, awesome. Man. Too good. Chris, oh. did you have anything? Uh, not off the top of my head. Sorry, not off the top of your head. <laughs> so what about the bottom so... of your head? <laughs> you have yeah. What's your chin say? Yeah, have you checked? Have you checked there? It's worth exploring. This is what the chin says. We can always go back to the. We can always go back to all the brilliant questions that were listed in the uh, Facebook. Oh yes, let's do that. that. Let's do that, Chris. Oh, did you no. see I posted Can that you... in the Facebook? Oh no, I, I didn't. There was no. a guy who asked, there was a guy who asked one that I was really hoping you would ask. It was something about yeah. deciduous. Yeah, Evan uh, Baker uh, asked deciduous or non-deciduous. What was it? What was, it? Yes. what was the question? Ev- I would love to Evan Baker it. said, "Can you ask them their top five non-fruit bearing deciduous trees are?" Oh yeah, sure. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so oak, maple, hickory, birch, walnut. Now, 
one second. I know, I know, I know for a fact that there is somebody who works for the U.S. Department of Forestry Services listening to this podcast right now, and they are going to be punching their car stereo speakers saying, that moron, a walnut is technically a fruit. So that would not be considered a non-fruit bearing deciduous tree. However, cut corners, a walnut, a walnut, a walnut is a seed. A walnut is technically a seed. It is not a fruit. Who has ever in their life looked at a walnut and thought, oh, that looks like a, a nice juicy fruit, uh, a piece of citrus <laughs> and apple. So I'll hear none of it. I'll hear none of it. So again, for those of you keeping score at home, top five non-fruit bearing deciduous trees, oak, maple, hickory, birch, and walnut because a walnut is not a fruit. So um, I kind of feel like I'm doing your guys' job for you at this point, but if you have any other, <laughs> is anything else you really need? Is, you want to talk about coniferous trees next? I'm I'm here for it. So is is this your brother asking about the big rig trucks? It couldn't possibly be. <laughs> there's a there's a what there's was a question from uh, from Joe sitting there. I know Joe asked if you are essentially. He asked if you would ever tour with some of the bands you were talking about in Moonlight. Um, I don't think that's, they wouldn't tour with us, so I don't know that that matters. <laughs> We've had exactly like two bands ever ask, ask to go on, well, three. We've had like three bands ever asked if, if we want to go on tour with them. Um, so it's probably. And none of them were any of those bands. If they did, <laughs> if they did, hypothetically speaking, Joe, if they did, I don't know. It would be a. It would be. <laughs> well, I think what would we would a, really have to we'd have to send them back a questionnaire, and we'd need to know a little bit about their favorite botanical, you know, preferences. <laughs> I'd need to know about their favorite conifers, their favorite deciduous non-fruit bearing trees, and the reason that I want to ask them about the non-fruit bearing trees is because the fruit bearing ones are really easy. You just go to your favorite fruits, and then. The tree that bears that fruit is clearly your favorite fruit bearing deciduous tree. So people like, you know, those are those that's like part forgive the pun, that's like low hanging fruit. Like it's, it's, not, it's not a super intellectual conversation. Where we really, really get into the nitty gritty is when we talk about the non fruit bearing deciduous trees. So but um, if they don't too, man, they're just trying to get us to start some beef with people in the industry, huh? They are, man. So I posted, so I posted the other, somebody posted about this particular band and I won't say their name. And I just did like the most harmless little comment where I just, all I, I just mentioned a personal experience that I had with that particular band where they asked for not the general population, like food area, but the, Oh no, this is the exact one I was going to say. Specifically the artist hospitality area where the artists were going to be fed. They were, they felt themselves to be so far above every other artist (laughs) on the festival that they asked for the entire tent to be cleared out so that they could eat their meal in solitude. And I, all I did was just put a, just that very a one sentence anecdote about that experience. And the next time I went back to that thread, there was like 57 comments about all sorts of other stuff that I was like, Oh, okay. So I think I'm probably going to, I'm probably going to 
hypothetically speaking, if that band asked us to go on tour, I don't know if there's enough money. Oh, wait, I would ask them if we're allowed to eat. If we're allowed to eat with them, <laughs> do that would be my question. Like, do we have to leave the room when you guys like? Are you? No, no, no. I, you know, and honestly, I don't think the room. We would have to leave the venue. I, well, here's the th- here's my theory. Here's my theory because the what what was posed to me I was like, look, these guys are so famous that it would be like this. It wouldn't even be fair because they'd just be trying to like eat a hot dog, and people are just you know, all up in their business, wanted to ask them questions, trying to like slip them demos, you know, things like that. And that's, that's viable. If that is the actual, you know, but Evan, that, Evan, you got to think there, out, but. there, there are multiple tour buses that were sitting a hundred yards away were way too cramped for them to take their dinner back to. No, that could, no, here's <laughs> That's it's a good it's a good theory, Jesse. It's a good theory, they, but you, they were you're storing wrong. all Here's of the their giant speaker systems and lights in there for their tour. Yeah, they have a yeah. crew in there, Jesse. <laughs> exactly. Right. So I've I've gotten to the bottom. I've gotten to the bottom. I've been reading. I don't know if you can see back here, but I have a, this whole section of Agatha Christie novels. I've been reading a lot of mysteries, and I've gotten to the bottom of this. I know what the reason is. <laughs> have you ever seen a picture of yourself? mid chew like eating something like you've got like a burger and you're like ah, like this like going you know what i'm talking about have you ever seen a picture mm-hmm. of yourself doing that yes were you yeah. w- were you particularly happy with that photo like did that make you look real good no so this Here's is the, the thing is we it. intentionally they put don't, those in your music videos well we're, <laughs> that's we're why you man. don't get asked out this, this is the reason this is the reason you got to clear that tent because that nobody want you know nobody wants that to pop up on Instagram. It's like here's a shot I took of, not going to say the name, um, you know, just challenging. You burger. guys are you guys are getting us close. We're, <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to just say screw it. That, and nobody, that and, was, and, and I nobody can promise you they are not internet. listening to this no, podcast. Not, not listening <laughs> to this podcast, and in fact have never heard of us and don't know who we are. That is so. true as well. But anyways, no, I'm we don't. I'm going to go clip this up and post it right uh, underneath I was gonna say, I can bleep this out so nobody hears it. No, but No, it's fine. Listen. I was going to make a reference, but I was going to bleep it. We'll be, we're the new, we're, we're, we're going to become the new trapped of the Christian team. <laughs> yeah. no, you but you're actually good though. Our Twitter game is well. way too soft for that, Jesse. We forgot that we had Twitter for like two years. There's no way we could ever. <laughs> <laughs> we did. No, not only that, but we got on the last record, we got so much free publicity from the biggest music outlets in the industry because our f- album charted right beneath Trap's album that came out that same Did week. It? And so people were abs all like rock sound, like all these massive publications were posting these articles. Metal Injection, I think, was one of them. We're posting all these massive articles about ha 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 ha. Trap didn't even make the top 10. Like they didn't even chart in the top 10. And they were at like 12. And we were 13. And no, it, it was, was it was lower than that. It was, but it was it, like it was, it was like it was look good. at it was these these clickbait articles like look at how bad Trapped album has bombed and in the screenshot <laughs> they couldn't do us the service of 
clipping our name out. It had to be trapped in that American arson right below them. Look, it at, was, look at it how was far trapped it was. The falling. hard rock chart, which we got in the top 15, and we wow. felt like incredible about that. It was the one, it wasn't like the top 100 chart, like the main, like mm-hmm. the the total, like mm-hmm. every like artist cumulative. Yeah, chart. not the one Rihanna's was, on or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> it was the more, we are opening for Taylor Swift now. Um, it was, it was the one that like was the specialized, like heavy music one and yeah. we were still stoked we were like a top 15 on any chart like that's insane and then that and we were like yeah oh yeah life has a way of humbling you like that sometimes <laughs> and like our our most like our celebratory moment was their you know infinite sadness embarrassing pain moment so but hey it was kind of funny even through that being listed below trapped losing your record on your computer you guys were headstrong <laughs> oh man all right that's gonna do it for me right there. it's been great <laughs> 41 minutes i feel like we got some quality stuff there. <laughs> yeah between oh, that and the deciduous oh, trees <laughs> yeah yeah all right hold on i got one more question i got i got we're flipping the script for a minute oh, okay all right okay. i love when you this go, happens you go, you go in to in totally unrelated you go into a gas station you're on a road trip for us it would be you know we're on tour whatever we've gotten asked the same question before you go into a gas station you're picking a drink and a snack what are your Ooh. go-to I don't, I don't know if I have many options since I got diagnosed with celiac this year. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Going into a gas man. station, but uh, let's say you, you don't have celiac. No, no, there is yeah. there is things I can get. Uh, walnuts? Is that are, are those fruit? Yeah, walnuts? <laughs> is that a fruit, Evan? I'm shaking my fist at you. <laughs> U.S. Department of Forestry Services has clearly propagandized this show. Can't believe we've been sucked into this. This was a setup all along. Um, well, to answer your question, I would probably get uh, M and M's, or mm. slash like just the standard milk chocolate ones, or the the peanut M and M's. And then, yeah. as far as the drink goes, I would get like iced tea, like Nestle or whatever the other brand is. That's solid. That's the same thing, but yeah, iced tea and M and M's. That's my go-to. I would probably say. Peanut M and M's are a, a a top one for me because hmm. I'm not allowed to have to. Smarties. I can have peanut or M and M's, but I can't have Smarties. Oh hmm. wait, hold on. You guys don't have Smarties. I forgot. Yes, we do. Wait, but is it the same we Smarties? Smart- I feel like they're called our Smarties. Smarties are these bad chalky little pastel. Yeah, no, no. So for us in Canada, no, those, those are, are called rockets. Okay. Our Smarties are very similar to like the they're milk chocolate M and M's, but they're like oh. even smaller. But they're like ah. they're almost the same thing. But we have both. Huh. But your guys' Smarties are called Rockets here, where it's like yeah, the little chalky things that come in a little tube. Yeah, those you crush colors. them and yeah, like yeah, yeah, pretend yeah. to smoke <laughs> them. That's that's the kind of stuff that Sweetwater's been sending me for the last thirteen years. <laughs> Oh, um, man. Let's see. My gas station on a road trip. Um, with food, I'm going with, like, a meat stick of any kind, whichever, whatever the biggest meat stick they've got, I'm going with that. Or jerky, if they if I feel like spending $10 on a on three bites. But um, <laughs> <laughs> And then my drink, I love a good Arnold Palmer. Mm. Oh, yeah. Arnold Solid. Palmers are great. I've never even heard of that. <laughs> 
What? What? Oh. Lemonade oh and iced God. tea, dude. What? I mean that. Okay, that sounds good. I've never heard it's, of. Yeah, oh, it's called Palmer. an Arnold they don't, Palmer. They don't have that in Canada because it would instantly freeze. So. <laughs> <laughs> They, they only well, have I mean, Tim it's iced Hortons tea, coffee. right? <laughs> yeah, they they only yeah. have Tim Hortons coffee. That by the time they they have to make it like 167 degrees because that that time they hold it out the window to you, it's already frozen. <laughs> you can like just well, you you slam it Hortons really here, really it fast. Just burns your mouth no, every time. That's the thing. So whenever I would get, I'm not a coffee drinker, but I'd get tea at Tim Hortons. I would no joke every time I'd get tea there, pull open the lid, and I would let it sit for 20 minutes before i would even take a sip because it's so oh. scalding hot i would burn my mouth every time it's not worth it so, at that point couldn't you just walk outside minutes, into like... the canadian air and just grab a, a <laughs> scoop of snow and dip it in there and cool it down i i live in the california of canada which uh, which is literally just above california <laughs> imagine seattle okay. that's that's yeah. the that's where i are you in vancouver uh vancouver island so just over it. Oh, awesome. Bit, but he, he's telling you he's a communist. Come, no, come visit because we got lots of hiking trails and mountains and like our whole island is literally a forest. So, Dude, I watched that show Alone that was shot on video. I yeah, love yeah, that the, show. Saw a whole bunch of grown men absolutely lose their minds. So <laughs> I, might, I might pass, but um, no, it looks it looks absolutely beautiful, but it seems like it never stops raining. Like. Oh yeah, it's just always wet. We actually, the last number of summers, we've been like, um, like low key drought uh, weather. It's raining a lot now, but uh, if you come between like May and September, you probably won't hit any rain. Wow, (laughs) and that's why we have a crazy amount of forest fires recently. Well, where they call the Department uh, of Forestry Services is not uh, (laughs) that's out of their jurisdiction. So, you know, Uh, all right, Sean, where do you want to go? Um, I would love. I'm sorry uh, that we've totally derailed this interview. No, No, this is awesome. I love this. this. Yeah, this is great. Um, While we still have you guys as the first time I'm listening to this adversity definitely stuck out as my first or as my favorite track. And I, I knew I had to talk to you guys about it. Um, the lyrics on it just are so, um, just so deep and from just so vulnerable and honest. I'd love to just hear like from front to back, like what is that song about? What inspired? Cause obviously it sounds like Evan, you really like, you went through it and like, and I'm not sure what that was, but I would just love to hear the story behind that track. Yeah. Well, this one I think started with, with like the concept. I knew I wanted to write the concept and there was like a bunch of different ideas for verses because there was only going to be a couple of verses. And so mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know, I just, I hope that people listening to the song don't go, oh, wow. The, like those two verses, like those are really the two worst things that have ever happened to you. It's like, you know, it's like, this is the concept for the song. And I wanted to relate it back to things that have happened throughout my music career. So the beginning of the song where it says 15 years ago, you have to remember that I, I, that was the very first song written for the album. So we're actually like 17 years ago now. So um, I know there's people that, that were um, fans of my 
old band, Good Luck Varsity. This actually predates that band. It's a, a different band that I was in when I was younger with my brother. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, the first verse is basically what it sounds like. We we were at the end of a tour. We're about six hours from home. Finally ran out of money. Uh, it had been a terrible, terrible tour. Lots of canceled shows, breakdowns, basically everything bad that can happen in a tour. Um, breakdowns in the relationship. It was pretty clear that the band wasn't going to last. We had kind of had a faction of like like a, a fracture in the band where there was like a faction over here and a faction over here. And it just obviously wasn't going to work. And um, we got to a point where like we couldn't get home and, and like three of the guys were, were just like, I don't care if we can't get home. I'm not like putting, I'm not sinking any more money into this tour to the point where my brother and I were literally walking around like in a gas station, like trying to pawn off like subway gift cards that we had <laughs> a little bit of money left wow. on to try to get home. Um, and then when we did get home, um, I don't know why, but for some reason we all like we we scheduled a band practice for like two days later. Like we we're gonna, <laughs> I think it was maybe supposed to be like a meeting or something. We we're gonna sort this whole thing out, right? We we're gonna like put a bandaid mm-hmm. on it, and make it better. And me and my brother showed up, and they had like just canceled it, but didn't tell us. And we literally ended up sitting on the curb, just like the the song says. So, um, mm. and that was my first time of like where I really felt like adversity in in music because i had been playing music for at that point for probably like seven or eight years but i kind of always knew like those early bands you're a young teenager like things go wrong it's funny you know my like my parents had to drive and and uh my dad had to like drive across the state and put a new transmission in our van once and it's like you know it's just like little things like that you're still in high school you know you're playing like a 150 dollar like squire guitar like you know things are gonna break things are gonna go wrong you're gonna like fall on your face and stuff, but none of it is, is really that big of a deal. But this was a band that I had, like, I was trying to choose between whether to like stay in school or like, you know, go full time with this band. I really thought it was going to work out and it didn't. So that was the first time I remember like really, really falling on my face. And then, um, so I wanted to do something from like the past. And then in the second verse, I wanted to do something from the present. And, um, as Jesse can probably attest to, there was lots of stuff to choose from <laughs> the American arson days. Um, over the last decade, we've had a lot of, um, you know, a lot of setbacks and stuff, but there, there was just one that just kept sticking in my head as I was writing the song. It was like the lyrics just kind of like kept coming back to me when I would try to take it in a different direction or try to write about something else. And that was this time where, um, for, for people who don't know, we started the band, put out, um, I started as a solo project and Jesse came in about a year later and then put, put out, out um, 753 EPs. Yeah. A lot of EPs. <laughs> so I, I didn't know when I started the band, I was like having trouble figuring out like, what really the sound should be like um i knew we wanted to be a two-piece but i was doing a lot of live looping using like loop, looper pedal and stuff that was like mm-hmm. our, our main thing then we didn't have we didn't use like any synths or strings or keyboards or anything um and so my idea was that i was going to put out these three four song eps that were all going to be lyrically related but totally different styles so the first one was kind of like um heavy but then it also had some just like completely like uh, like just really sad, like slow stuff on it. Then the second one was all acoustic and and probably like the most depressing music that we've ever put out. And then the third <laughs> right. one 
was the closest that you would find to like what our our sound is now or which um, i love you know, that what, ep by the way whatever is that the blue one? so whatever whatever genre no, you think we are it kind of started oh, to come together then. yeah the red one um the blood and the bones was the third one so yes. it was really I, it was it was funny because it was like a real-time experiment like going through putting out these eps trying to decide like what kind of band are we going to be and uh i and by the time we got to the blood and the bones jesse was in the band and so then it really kind of this it felt like this is what American Arson is going to be, and 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 Got since it. that, which seems like we've just kind of like grown with that one. But but the one before that was this this one called the Seeds in the Soil, which was all stripped back and acoustic. Um, and uh, there's a song on there called Fingerprints, where um, mm. I kind of um, it, it's a metaphor. My faith journey is a metaphor for uh, somebody who's just committed murder and is is like sitting in his basement feeling guilty about it and, and writing this song about it and um obviously that is that's a that hits pretty hard and somehow uh it made it to this christian radio station and it was not in their rotation it was on um some sort of a feature where it was like um something or 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 kill it like they like love it or kill it or something like whatever the like don't like it is was really aggressive it was like kill it or burn it or whatever it was i don't remember what it was i don't know so (laughs) and i was not aware like i didn't send this to them i didn't ask for this it was just like i put this out into the universe it was like the second thing that i did just like trying to you know figure out like who i was as an artist at the time so DJ throws this thing on, which thanks to that guy, I guess I, I appreciate it. And <laughs> I get tagged on Facebook like that. Hey, it's on this thing, like love it or, you know, kill it with fire or whatever it was. I don't know what it was. It wasn't <laughs> quite that aggressive, but it was bad. It was like whatever the, the second option. I remember thinking like, oh, that's kind of like, yeah, because I don't know if I want to be in this. And dude, it was like, like five pages of comments of people like, get this off like i mean every i i screenshotted everything and saved it like for motivation it was like dude this guy's voice is broken like oh my gosh these lyrics are brutal and it was just like over and over and over it's like please make it stop please make it stop just like i mean i don't even know how many comments i so i i i don't know why i did this but um i i I screenshotted all of them and i just posted them to my personal facebook and I was just like, here's these things. So I was like, it wasn't like a go get them thing to my friends or anything like that. And like most of my friends at that point, I don't even think knew that I was still making music because Kulik Varsity had ended. And um, and I got a lot of support back from that, but it it was not quite enough to outweigh just like the brutality of something. I, I don't know. I just think maybe it never occurred to these people that like, the person who was on the other end of that was going to see all of the stuff that they were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and the DJ actually had reached out to me like privately and was like, yo, I'm really sorry. Like, just so you know, like people like the, the full band stuff that you'd done before, like people kind of like that, but I don't know w- what it was about this that didn't resonate. Um, but the thing for me that I was upset about wasn't that they didn't like the song. It was that it was like this, station that was like purported to be a Christian station. And like, ostensibly this is supposed to be like, a safe place for us to like uh share a a piece of like heartfelt worship and it was just all of these people who are like supposed to be my brothers and sisters in christ just tearing me apart and and not like i don't like this let's move on to the next it was just like the worst like i still it still comes up in my time hop once a year because i still have it saved (laughs) Um, and and i remember thinking like I, i like 
I don't, I, I never thought until that moment that there would be a point in my life until like my hands became arthritic and didn't work anymore that I would stop playing music. And I, like that moment, I was like, what am I doing? Like this, this music, like I can understand, like if the world doesn't understand this, but like, these are supposed to be my people and they don't have to like the music. Like, that's totally fine. Like, dude, the, the whole song, like I say in the song, like I know, I know my voice isn't pretty when I'm, when I'm singing from my soul. Right. I get that. I know I don't sound like, you know, um, the, the lead singer from Dayseeker, Rory, uh, who has the voice of an angel. I get he, that. He does. But, but, uh, <laughs> But man, that was just like it was it was such a kick. And and so the the last line right before he goes into the into the chorus, that little pre-chorus line is like, it burned, but I learned. And and like mm. man, I just feel like those moments where you, where we feel like we're they're so low and they're so demotivating and we feel really let down by the people around us, like there's just something about those moments that if you can respond to those um with some grit uh and 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 um a little bit of perseverance that you look back on those and they become like these defining moments for you and they're and they're things that stick with you not in a negative way but in a way where you're like i i got past that and like look where we are now and so for me yeah there's like worse things that have happened to other people and to our band and stuff but that one had to go into the song it had to it had to be like so I, I don't know. We got a lot like that was the line that we got a lot of people asking us questions about right off the bat when the album came out and like not trying mm -hmm. to diss like Christian radio stations or anything like that. Like we're so grateful to everybody who's played our stuff. Um, it was about a very specific situation that happened one time and that I feel like it was like when it says like douse me in gasoline, like that's fine because uh, that's just going to give me fuel. Right. Um, that's what that that line was. I mean, I could have taken it or leave it at that point. Like I said, Jesse wasn't in the band yet. It was just me. Nobody was going to care if I stopped doing this thing. I wouldn't have been letting anybody down because I didn't have a bandmate. Uh, I was hiring a drummer at the time, and there wasn't even a drummer on this album, on the acoustic album. So I could have just gone quietly into the night, and that would have been the end of it, and it would have been fine. Um, and all of those people who thought that they like were being witty or funny by you know tearing somebody else's thing down, they don't even realize that, like, dude you you made this album you made sand and cinder tide and timber mm -hmm. like when you when you did that and it's just one of those examples of like something that was meant for evil and god just took it and was like yeah nope absolutely this this thing's good this thing's mine this is gonna be fuel all, so all that to say i just want to like point that back at like you guys too and say like what you guys do for the community like with this podcast with kingdom core and everything like that like it is so important because growing up like part of what drew me to heavier music in general was because you know whether it was you know more on the hardcore end of things or metal or punk and stuff was because it felt like it was people that were being honest like mm -hmm. like you know the whole life ain't all sunshine and rainbows <laughs> kind of thing like like worship music like the the more like lighter side of Christian music and all that has its place, super important place. Um, uh, and it's meaningful in its own right. But um, there was a heavier community that I found that for someone like me who grew up, like 
you know, dealing with my emotions in a different way and struggling with things like depression or even just adversity in that aspect of like people trying to break you down for those times where life isn't easy. It is hard. You do just want to give up like there. None of that music was getting played um, on, you know, your average, you know, CCM station and stuff like that. And again, that's not to knock them, but for the outlets, like back in the day, like I used to subscribe to HM magazine and now they're <laughs> around in a different entity kind of on social media and stuff. Um, but now we have like you guys and the kingdom core community and this podcast and, you know, a couple other outlets that really do push that stuff out there that would play. Yes. <laughs> yes. I had, yes. I love that so much. That is amazing. Um, I just have these four from 10 years ago, but <laughs> that are willing to play a hypothetical fingerprints on, you know, the station or promote it and promote that song or the album and say like, here, here, it'll, here is this song. Here's this lyrical content. This is the message for what it is. It's real. It's raw. It's there. Um, and like, what can you take from that? And not everybody's going to like it. We're not going to be everybody's cup of tea musically or lyrically. And there's going to be other bands that people love and hate and, and stuff like that stylistically. But, um, it's so important for us, not just from a success standpoint, but just from, feeling the love even on our end of like there's a community out there that hears these things we're putting out into the universe and um, can take some meaning from them. Like we hope, you know, they can. Um, and then hopefully, and just seeing like the, the comments back or you guys, you know, catching those little references or hearing the meaning behind those songs. It, it means a lot to us. And I'm sure to Ev Evan would say something of a similar ilk and, um, it means a lot to us on the other end of like, hey, like there is this community that that latches on to this and kind of walks this journey with us. So we're thankful for that, really. And, um, you know, for every, you know, random, <laughs> you know, radio station community that that booted a song off the air, you know, intentionally or unintentionally, there's another community like this that that takes it and embraces it and loves it to its fullest so it's uh it makes these kinds of interactions and these kinds of communities and the face down family on facebook and all that kind of stuff like that much more meaningful but yeah absolutely and i think like honestly i'm i'm so glad evan that you kept going <laughs> because like i didn't know about you guys until face down signed you like that that <laughs> announcement post was when i discovered you guys and same um i think like without a line in the sand and now sand and cinder tied in timber uh, like i don't there i feel like there's like a hole that would be in in this community of like a type of music that we need but even a message and like something that can resonate mm -hmm. with people and encourage people and just even purely from a music standpoint like when i was saying earlier the heat trilogy being kind of my favorite set of songs like i'm not even kidding goodbye the chorus of goodbye literally made me lose a whole night of sleep like 
two or three nights after it came out, like I had listened to it a couple times, it was stuck in my head and I could not Did sleep. you tag us in something or like post something? I think about I might have. Like, but I'm day. like not even kidding. It was, I could not sleep that night. It was just constantly in my head and I couldn't stop. It was like, it's very rare that songs do that to me. But um, send us an invoice for eight hours of, yeah. of uh, work, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, hey, man, that good, wasn't cool. <laughs> you guys, like, honestly, um, just keep doing what you guys are doing. And mm-hmm. I, I think, 100%. honestly, there's a lot of people that are being mm-hmm. impacted. And I personally appreciate um, the moments of boldness in your guys' lyrics. Like, it's mm. it's not – it's, like, Christian stuff, but, like, it can encourage believers and unbelievers, I think, in a lot of it. Mm-hmm. But it's not cheesy and it's not – um, where like it is just very life giving. I think at a lot of times. So, thank you guys for for this album continuing through mm-hmm. all the hard stuff to make it happen. Um, because yeah, I think we'll we'll look back on it even for years to come from now and be like, there's there's life giving uh, messages throughout this this record. So thank you. Well, thank you guys. That means a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, Seriously. Chris, I know you're a little farther away, but Sean, you now have no excuse to not come to the Christmas show um, this year. <laughs> Go for me, True, Sean. Man. Wait, where is it? Uh, just outside Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, it's only okay. a few hours away. All right, all right. It's like half, dead halfway. See if I want to get shot. <laughs> no, it's not in Detroit. Wow. It's it's in a suburb that is dead halfway between Detroit and Ann Arbor. Okay, and, uh, gotcha. And I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. Won't I be slightly disappointed? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> hey, we if had you... a guy. We had a guy today from Florida tell us he was coming. So we ch- we usually try to oh, that's awesome. do a little roundup of the uh, of the different states that people come from. But yeah, if if anybody's in the Midwest or anywhere close, um, once a year we do a show right around Christmas time. That is, it's a free show. Uh, it's our Christmas gift to our our fans and our friends and. Um, we, we like to do it every year. This will be the 20th annual one. Obviously it hasn't been American arson hasn't been around for 20 years. So it hasn't been American arson for 20 years as previous bands of mine before that, but it's always free. It's always all ages. Um, we, you know, play a little bit longer set. Uh, and this year, this we're year we're playing, playing the album, the album in full. Oh, yeah. No way. Okay. We're playing it front I'm to back and then, to to and then go. some other, some other stuff as well. So, um, but yeah, it's it's free. So yeah, if, if you have to travel a little ways, at least you know like whatever money you spend on gas, you don't have to spend on tickets. And uh, we'd love to. We're doing a Celine Dion cover to kick things <laughs> off. Um, My heart. Will we're go not on. changing the style at all. Not like a like Celine goes punk version. Just we're just yeah. Singing. We've hired a string quartet and. Uh, <laughs> Can you give us a sneak preview time. right now? Um, <laughs> I'll mix no, it. No, we don't. I, I'll we have don't the audio. <laughs> I can I can throw it in my DAW and mix it up. And we don't want your uh, listeners to leave thirty comments about how they want to kill it with fire. And <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure though, so. if they've made it this far don't in worry, the podcast, they're Christian not those radio. people. That's true. Honestly, <laughs> if they got through my non deciduous trees rant, then <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if they made it through that, they're true. Fans. Yeah, yeah. If you're, well, if you're still with little, us, we'll give you free, uh, we'll give you free stuff at this point. We'll give you free merch. <laughs> Oh man! Well, there there will be something. There will be some treats. We're playing the album in full. We got a few others. The sweet water candy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's gonna be a, a sweet water candy toss on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> please, please check expiration dates before you. Yeah, you just go up on stage yeah. and you're like, 
you just like throw yeah. them off. We hired our friend Jared that works at Sweetwater to come bring authentic Sweetwater candy, not just your fresh, typical fresh. store bought <laughs> Laffy Taffies, but yeah, fresh water from the Sweetwater <laughs> factory. They are. Uh, he's gonna come on stage and toss them out. Um, preferably during Hammer and Gavel when uh, <laughs> no one is paying attention whatsoever and everybody's just, you know, going going absolute crazy. But no, we, it'll be we, fun. We also stole like 60 or 70 Splenda packets from the <laughs> local diner and Jared will be um, free of charge dumping those into anybody's water bottle. Uh, it's the it's the new uh, Sweetwater promotion. Um, so... Show up, you can get that, and um, yeah, and there you go. There was another pun to to see us out. So 